settling into what's happening in the present moment by bringing your awareness just to whatever's happening in your body sitting here right now. Experiencing your whole body just sitting here and settling into that awareness. Feeling whatever sensations are happening on the surface of the body feeling your buttocks touching the cushion, the hardness of that. And out of that awareness of body, bring your awareness to sound, to hearing. And every once in a while you might make a soft mental note of hearing if you find that helpful. You might notice hearing like you would listening to a symphony, having the attention very open, receptive, wide. And let whatever sounds are appearing and disappearing just come to your attention. You might begin to notice the texture of the silence as well as the sound. And you might begin to feel that ease of being in the present moment and just let whatever sounds are happening to come and go by themselves without, without having to do anything with them but experience them.
from this open, wide attention. Then bring your attention to the movement of the breath, but keep the attention wide at first, noticing the movement of the breath within the whole body. and gradually focusing on the movement of the breath as closely as you can without forcing the attention. Either at the abdomen or the chest or the tip of the nostrils Noticing a whole in-breath or rising movement at a time. And then a whole out-breath or falling movement at a time. And just as you have been doing with the sound, just seeing if you can let the movement of the breath come and go by itself without having to do anything with it, but notice it, but experience it just as it is. And it's fine if you notice this movement called breath from an open awareness or from a very focused, microscopic attention. You might find that this movement is very clear or vague or soft, just very light movement or pressure, or it might be hard 
or tight or warm or cool. However it is, there's no need to control it or change it in any way. Sometimes you might find it helpful to make a soft mental note of in or out or rising and falling. It's, it's meant to be just a very light whisper in the mind. Just use the noting whenever you feel like you're getting too spaced out and to help aim the attention to what's happening. And for now, whenever you notice that thinking is happening in the present moment. Just make a soft mental note of thinking and then anchor the attention by experiencing the movement of the breath as carefully as you can. So just see if you can settle into the present moment with a relaxed, awake attention. I'd like to make some announcements before I forget and then I'll introduce the walking meditation and then take some questions. The announcements are that the practice leaders will start tomorrow on Tuesday 
And then, if you like to do the metta chanting at night in the last sitting at 9.15, there'll be chanting instructions tonight at 9.15 for the metta chant. And then interviews, the personal interviews with the teachers will start on Wednesday. The Buddha said that Oh, go ahead. Um, that practice leaders will start on Tuesday. Oh, um, there should be some list somewhere <laughs> that people signed up for, um, you know, like to ring the bell at the end of the sittings. Um, did, did you mention it somewhere? I did in my talk, and it was posted. Okay, so there'll be a list posted today where you can sign up, right? Or is it all? Oh, okay. You don't have to think about it. You'll just walk out to the bulletin board someday, and you'll see that your name (laughs) is on that day for practice later. Uh, And and what that means is that you can you come up here for each sitting that we're not at, and ring the bell at the end of the sitting. Okay. Is there usually a thing here? Well, this is a microphone we haven't set one up. Okay, so it used to be that we, you'd come up here. Now uh, you can bring the bell and the clock to your uh, cushion and you don't have to sit up here. Less pressure. Is it, is it just one day? Uh-huh. It's one day, but it, will it repeat? Or just uh, One day. It's usually quite um, energizing to be the practice leader because you feel some responsibility to be awake, to ring the bell. (laughs) Michelle, you might remind them to be sure to bring it up after the pre-breakfast thing, so it's here at 8.15 and bring it up after the 6.00. Okay, that's a good point, yeah. That when you, there'll be two sittings that we are likely to be at, and that's the 8.15 sitting and the, and the, for the talk, for sure. So uh, bring the bell up for those. Okay, so... Um, The Buddha said that we can see the whole universe in this fathom-long body. And you'll notice that we tend to be emphasizing awareness of body at the beginning of the retreat. And that's to help just keep grounding the attention uh, in the present moment in something pretty tangible. The walking meditation isn't a filler you know, between sittings. It's really meant to be just as important a a practice as the sitting practice. Most of you know the instruction, but I'd like to go over it with you again. So I'd like to ask you all to very mindfully stand up and just stand beside your cushion. Will this pick up my voice? If you can hold your balance and um, stand here with your eyes closed, I'd like to ask you to do that. If you can't keep your balance, just kind of focus ahead of you on one spot. Um, 
just kind of a gaze ahead of you. And just feel yourself like you did at the beginning of the sitting. Feel your whole body standing here. Any sensations in the surface of the body. And feel the weight and the pressure in the lower part of your body, down into the legs and the feet, as you settle into the standing position. And then very slowly, very slowly, gradually shift all of your weight over into the right leg and foot, the hip, and you'll notice that as you do it, it's like filling up a cup from one leg and hip to the other with weight and pressure. Again, very slowly shifting your weight all the way from the right to the left hip, down the thighs, knees, calves, into the left leg and foot. And in this way, the attention is very microscopic. It's not open wide like the camera lens of a wide-angle lens. It's, it's very specifically, very inside the body, the attention, as much as you can. And one more time, just gradually shift the weight again from one side to the other. And then we're going to do a very slow lifting, moving, placing and really try to be aware of whatever sensations are appearing and disappearing in the right leg and foot. And you can open your eyes for this part because it's very hard to keep the balance closed. And just focus ahead of yourself. And take the right leg and very slowly lift it, move it, and place it. And then again with your left foot. And then make a soft mental note of turning. And then be aware of yourself turning your body around to walk back to your cushion. Maybe make a soft mental note of lifting before you lift your foot, moving as you move the foot, placing as you place the foot, as you walk back to your cushion. (coughs) 
And then as, you're, as you go to sit down, be aware that you can bring your attention into your whole body and to, as you, as you sit down, being aware of the physical sensations as they change as you sit down. I'd like to suggest that you try doing uh, what we call the three-part walking meditation. It's a technique that Sayadaw Upandita teaches. He's a teacher from Burma. I personally have found it incredibly helpful for energy. Um, and you might find that there are some uh, speeds out of those three speeds that you eventually settle into. I think at the beginning of a retreat especially, these three speeds really help balance the energy. I find that there's usually one speed that people don't like. I didn't like the middle speed, and I would find that the middle speed would actually help balance my practice. You might not like the slow speed or the fast speed, um, but I, I have found it with people and with myself that wherever we resist the speed and whatever we don't like will actually be something that balances us eventually. You might no, not notice in one walking that this uh, technique helps balance your energy, but I think you'd find over some days that you'll find that the energy will, will keep going up if you do those um, Speeds. So I'd like to demonstrate. I think all of you know the walking, but we're not at all trying to get anywhere when we're doing the walking meditation. It's basically just uh, we're not going anywhere for three months, so you don't have to <laughs> hurry anywhere. It's just practicing, paying attention, walking. Uh, I found the first speed, the regular speed, carries over into my daily life more than anything in the meditation practice. It just kicks in, no effort. Uh, it's incredible how powerful uh, these practices are, the walking meditation. You'll find that in the first speed, your thoughts will come more. It's a very open uh, attention, just like you found that at the beginning of the sitting, we're saying open up the attention, be aware of sound. The first speed tends to be very open, light, receptive. Uh, and it's kind of like charging a battery. Um, so I'll demonstrate. We pick a point between two points, A, B, um, outside, inside. I'm a pretty fast walker, <laughs> so you might not go this fast, but it's basically stepping, stepping left, right, and if you don't want to know, that's fine. Lifting, placing, lifting, placing. 
And the third speed is as slow as you can go um, and feel comfortable. And that varies for everybody. But we just did it. And we probably won't go as slow as we just did. Um, but it's um, quite slow. It tends to be um, a long day meditation. You know, there's a lot of walking periods. And you'll find that you can experiment with how much your attention is open, how much it's microscopic. Um, you might find that you divide the speeds up very uh, routinely, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, or 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. And I, th- I would start that way. I, re- I would really recommend starting that way. Over time, you might find that you do one speed more than the other. If you're very tired, you might do a whole walking period fast, for example. If you're restless, you might do a whole one fast or slow. You'll find, over time, you're going to find what works for you. Uh, and I recommend doing that more than anything. Uh, just just uh, knowing over time, you'll get to know what way of walking is more conducive to your growing understanding. If you do find noting helpful at times, I recommend making the note before you make the movement in the slow walking. Because uh, it can get pretty mechanical. The noting is helpful really. If you find yourself all over the place, there's nothing like noting to bring you back. But it can get very mechanical, kind of army, (laughs) like a command. If you make the note before you make the movement, you won't miss the movement. And it won't get in the way of the experience. Uh, In the the first two speeds, it's harder to do that because you're moving more quickly. If you find the noting gets um, in the way, just drop it for a while. And then whisper it. Try to be... um, playful and light with the uh, walking and don't try to make it too zombie-like or hard. (laughs) It looks zombie-like, but you don't have to feel that way inside. Do you have any questions about the sitting or the walking? Hmm? Heel toe? Not... I think that what you tend to... Oh, the question is, do you break it down to heel-toe in the walking? You'll find that you're going to break it down into billions of things <laughs> over the time of the three months. You know, It's like, uh, just see if you can experience whatever sensations come to the fore of your attention. So it might be in the hip, it might be in your foot, it might be in your knee. There'll be times when you'll direct the attention more to your foot and not your leg or, or hip. Uh, again, just see if you can let however it happens, happen. It's a pretty long leg. <laughs> so your attention will go to different places. At times it'll come up to hearing. Your attention will go to hearing. Just notice that and then come back to your legs and feet.
if you're walking outside, um, like going for a walk, is there a different kind of moving that you do? Like walking the loop or something? Yeah. Or, um, the question is if you're walking outside and you're walking for a distance, like around the loop or to the pond, is there a different noting? Um, you can do that kind of left, right, stepping, stepping, walking, walking. I tend to play with the walking that in that way where I'll be aware of the uh, weight shifting just at my hips. And then I'll pick my whole legs and then sometimes my feet. There was a teacher from Burma, Tangpulu Sayadaw, who used to teach um, for long distances to just be aware of hearing, uh, seeing, hearing, uh, walking, touching. And I found that really helpful for long distances, that you, you just spend a few seconds with seeing a few seconds with hearing. It could be five to ten seconds. Uh, and then your whole body walking. And then your uh, feet touching the ground. And it's the sen- when you're doing this, it's, it's being aware of the sensations within what I'm describing. So if you're wa- being aware of walking, it's the sensations within the body of walking. If you're seeing, you're not getting lost in what you're seeing, but you're aware of seeing itself. But that, if you're going for a walk-walk, I've, there's nothing like that for, for helping you stay there. Yeah. Yeah. In, in terms of the instructions for sitting, uh, some of you will find that breathing, the movement of the breath, is your primary anchor. And so the instructions tend to be um, directed for that pers- type of person. So if you're with the movement of the breath as an anchor for uh, the awareness in the present moment, when sound calls, you go to it, you come back. If a body sensation calls, you go to it, you come back to the breath. Some of you will find that sound or hearing is a, is a primary anchor. And if, it, if that's the case, just keep changing what you hear in the instruction so that um, sound is what you'll come back to rather than the breath. So a body sensation might call the attention. You'd go to it, you'd come back to sound. If a breathing uh, calls the attention, you'd go to it, you'd come back to sound. Um, and, and over the course of individual interviews, you can ask more about that or at question periods. But, but some of you will be using hearing or, or a different anchor as the anchor. And just remember that the anchor just means it's what you come back to when you notice that you get lost in thinking. Is, is there enough room on this side for the women just to... I just need to know that because we're going to have to um, ask people to move if it doesn't feel like there's enough room. Does anyone have any feedback about that? Yeah. Pardon? Okay, so we do need to rearrange. Okay, I think tonight... 
at the talk we'll we'll find um, a way to make some more space. So have a good day. Don't push yourself too hard. We're just at the beginning. Just see if you can um, relax into getting here. Opening up your attention as wide as you can and be aware of hearing. Noticing as carefully as you can the different sounds coming and going by themselves. Whether they are pleasant or unpleasant or neutral, seeing if you can experience them just as they are without having to do anything with them but hear them. And then beginning to notice the movement of the breath first from this open awareness. Noticing this movement that we call breath appearing and disappearing by itself.
And then gradually focusing in on this movement. Noticing a whole in-breath or rising movement at a time. A whole out-breath, falling movement at a time. At times you might begin to notice how it begins, how it changes, and how it ends. And just as you've experienced sounds and the movement of the breath coming and going by itself, thoughts are also appearing and disappearing in the mind by themselves. Seeing if you can relate to thinking the same way as you have been doing with sound and the movement of the breath. Mostly it's helpful when you notice that thinking is happening to see that thinking is happening in the present moment. It might be of the past or of the future, but it's happening in the present moment. And mostly a generic, soft mental note of just thinking is helpful. Thinking and then anchoring the attention with whatever you're using as your primary anchor. Thoughts are moving much more quickly than the sound or the physical sensations of the breath, body, They move so swiftly and it's so easy to get lost in the storyline or the content of them. Yet they appear and disappear in the mind like clouds 
passing through the vast blue sky. They're not me or I or mine. The only problem with thinking is when we believe the storyline, when we get identified with the content and get lost in thinking as opposed to being aware of the process of thinking itself. Sometimes certain thought patterns start to repeat and then it's more helpful to sharpen the awareness by making a more specific note instead of the generic thinking. Thinking, it's helpful to note remembering or planning or fantasizing or imagining. conversations, letter writing, redecorating, whatever it is that we're getting more involved in than usual. And that more specific note helps us to awaken to the fact that we're getting pulled into are lost in the thinking more than usual. <clears throat> and then aim the attention back to whatever you're using for your primary anchor, such as the sensations within the movement of the breath or hearing. So do the best you can to just settle back and relax into whatever is happening in your moment-to-moment experience, letting the attention go to whatever is predominant. And whenever you get lost in thinking, remembering to anchor the attention again. Letting the alert, awake, bright attention come out of a very caring, careful, gentle awareness.
Well, you've all survived a week of sitting. <laughs> Do you have any questions? I've got one about thoughts, uh, the term thought, and the reference to that term. So my experience is there's words in the mind, pictures in the mind, and sometimes, like with loved ones, you just get a sense of them in the mind. I suspect there may be a picture at some lower level that doesn't quite get up. All that you're referring to is thought. <clears throat> the question is about thought. Uh, what is it? Is it an image? Is it uh, words? Is it a feeling of a person? Uh, I think that what's wonderful is that um, we get to discover that here, you know, for ourselves. So it, I can say, yeah, uh, look closely. Um, I think for myself, images often catch me more than words, and I don't even know that I've gotten hooked because I wasn't aware that I got so deeply engrossed in a scene. Uh, so for some people they have color, <laughs> very colorful pictures, some people it's black and white, sometimes it's just words, and there's a lot going on. Uh, the hard part is that it moves so quickly. You know, it's, what I always find so amazing about thought is that it's so ephemeral. When you look closely at images or thoughts or you know the feelings, it's just they're so light and they're so ephemeral and they're so quick, and yet they have such power. You know that you can imagine that there's one image that can throw you off for <laughs> you know 20 minutes. You know, that ident- that attachment to it, you know, that's really what's what's hard underneath it all is that um, the words or the uh, words that get strung together into thought or the imagery and the feeling, um, it's really no problem except when there's aversion or attachment, and so that's really what we need to see because that's when we get lost in the thought. I'm not quite sure of the question. Is it that are these thoughts that are? <laughs> Can you? So there's something there that it, it's kind of fuzzy. an image I would say that there's a th- you know that it's <laughs> thought related 
You know, sometimes instead of noting thinking, it's helpful to note seeing. Because th- this is what's so fascinating about thought, that it is a combination of imagery and word. And so at that point, you might just quietly note seeing every once in a while. Just to, you know, It almost sounded like you gave me a weather report. You know, that it was like something was variable, <laughs> variable conditions. It's, it's moving. <laughs> I was sitting there. It's <laughs> uh, it, it didn't sound like it was rainy. <laughs> it didn't sound like it was sunny. It's like an in-between kind of cloudy. Um, and it moves, so it, it's kind of... I would just note seeing... There are times when I feel like I get kind of fogged in, and I don't know if that's... Does it feel kind of fogged in, like it's not that clear? Sometimes. Yes. It, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. In that case, I would just be aware of the texture. I, I try to get an, a feeling for the texture in those... So if it's foggy or more like cotton candy or... It, it really sounds like weather, more like a weather feeling. And, and just see if you can be aware of whatever, if it's soft, if it has edges. Uh, and it sounds like a kind of a neutral place. It's a good question. I think that the the most important part of what you're asking is not to have a model for how it should be. And so that if you tend to think that where you're sort of more step back and more observant, and that, that that's it, or to feel like when you're really in it, uh, that that's it, I would be careful of either of those. Uh, that the mindfulness where where there's that real sense of observing there's a non-judgmental observer you know that the mindfulness is very strong there when there's concentration with that there's the you know that uh, example carol used of the cork on the surface of a stream or the the stone that floats into the water there'll be times when you'll feel like you're really in the experience uh 
which has that element of deep concentration uh, and the mindfulness, the, non, the non-judgmental observer and the concentration are, are together. They're both present strongly. Uh, there'll be times when you'll feel like more like the concentration is there where you're very deeply in, but there isn't much of an observer. You know, so the mindfulness isn't so strong there. All of those will happen, and be careful of thinking that one is more important than the other. You can learn a lot in, in all of these places. Um, when you feel like they really come together, you'll feel like you're deep inside the experience, and the, non, the non-judgmental observer is very strong as well. But be careful of getting attached <laughs> to that space. It's a great question. I think that uh, with everything that we do, with walking, there'll be a feeling that there's something we did that worked just right, and then the next walking will feel like we want to repeat it. And that's the, especially on a long retreat, it's such an amazing mirror to how we like to feel like we know what we're going to do and that it's going to work. <laughs> you know, it's incredible how. You know, we want that security. Well, I did lifting, moving, placing this way, and I walked in this spot, and or I only ate, I ate this amount, and that worked yesterday. Uh oh, there's a lot of pasta today. I better, you know, you know, you try to find just the amount to eat. You find just the amount to, you know, where you walk. We create all these. Um, almost like the rituals that work for us, but they never work for us the second time or the third time. So be careful of thinking that if you went to sleep for three hours this afternoon, that you'd wake up the same way, you know. And I think it's helpful to have some routine. There is a schedule. Uh, uh, Generally, I find that the first two weeks of a three-month retreat, it helps to ease in. And there's a certain point that usually people come in very tired. You probably came in much tireder than you thought, and it just suddenly hit you. And probably at this point that you did that, I would I would kind of keep going at a fairly clear schedule. And only if you really felt, again, this kind of exhaustion would I give into it in that way. Uh, so, be, you know, be light with it. You might hit a point where you need to do that again. But be careful of thinking that, <laughs> you know, every afternoon <laughs> we have to sleep for three hours. <laughs> it's hard to find the right balance. Uh, but I think keeping some sort of schedule where you sleep a certain amount of hours, you know, for, for a while on a long retreat, just staying with it, being steady. Uh, and then within that, once in a while, it'll vary. It is helpful. (laughs) 
uh, I was sitting next to a man in a plane on the way here who had just um, had a, had a brain tumor and was diagnosed uh, that he would die and then he managed to live through this experience in the last few months uh, after some operations and he had this incredible transformation you know he was just glowing and he was it, it was incredible to just sit with this man for five hours uh, and one of the things he talked about was um, being easy in the harness you know it's it's like I think of the routine as the harness uh, that we have the whatever schedule you surrender to here it's kind of like the harness and and just being easy in it so that if you do need to vary from it that's fine uh, but mostly kind of seeing if you can relax in it because the, the it's a support and it can bring about um, that that gradual sinking into the moment, sinking into the moment, sinking into the moment. It's a beautiful day, huh? Enjoy. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.